0: Hello and welcome to the Friendship Therapy Podcast. I'm your host, Caleb, and as always, brought to you with Trevor. Hello. And uh, this is podcast is where we sit in a room and talk about stuff on our mind and stuff we've dealt with in the past or are currently dealing with right now as people who are growing up. Anyway, today we wanted to talk about more in-depth, I suppose, like what it was like but well, some of the stuff that happened in the uh like religious context that we grew up in, just to kind of see what's there, because we've talked about it off and on a lot on the podcast. But um we want to see, you know, what, what we can explore if we if we dive a little bit deeper into that. Yeah. Yeah. So you you had some stuff on your mind for sure. Yeah. So I'm just going to pass it over to you. Just, you know. just pass it over to Yeah. Me. I'm going to say, yeah, what's up?
1: Yeah. So like, OK, before starting, like this is there's like so much information in my brain, like a bunch of things I wanna talk about. So what I'm gonna try and do is paint a picture and like a framework to think through all these things. So I'm like, I'm gonna give a little history of like the the religious environment I grew up in. And then like there's certain points I wanna hit at and be like, what the fuck happened here basically? Yeah. And there's a lot of those, right? Sure. Um, And way more than I'm gonna end up talking about, but like I wanna hit the major ones, the ones that made me think, hmm, Like, what the fuck is wrong with religion? Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So to give kind of like a really summarized history. Yeah. I grew up in small town America in the Midwest. Yeah. So like a very conservative culture, very sheltered from what is going on in the world for the most part. Mm -hmm. And so the town was about 13,000 people. And in this town, I mean, there were probably like 100 different churches. Like 13,000 people in a hundred churches. Sure. So like, it was a very diverse, all Christian churches, but very, very diverse in beliefs. So a lot of them were non-denominational, meaning they, they believed what they believed and it was unique to them. No no other place in America or the world had the same set of beliefs that this church did. Sure. And so I grew up in an environment in which like this church was right and everyone else was wrong. Mm. And the the weird thing about it is, like, okay, so, like, I remember when I was really young, the church used to call, be called CBC or Community Bible Church. Okay. It was, like, this really homey feel, really charismatic, really Protestant.
0: For those who don't know, what does charismatic mean in the, when you're talking about church denominations? How don't you say that? Because mm-hmm. we know what it means, but, like, what if you don't know what charismatic church means? Yeah. You uh-huh. said charismatic and Protestant, but... So, yeah, what's charismatic? Yeah, okay,
1: yeah, yeah, well, okay, like, so Protestant meaning that basically uh, the way I think about Protestant is like, you can make Christianity what you want to make it based on how you interpret the Bible. Sure, yeah. They don't, there's no, authority. they don't, well, they
0: wouldn't say that, but fundamentally that's what it is. Right. There's no authority in the Pope yeah. or any other person. It's up to
1: you. Charismatic meaning the way they go about practicing it can fly off the hinges at sometimes
0: the way that i view charismatic churches like to describe charismatic churches would be like ones that they put like a lot of hype into almost everything they do sure like being energetic is highly encouraged yeah as energetic as possible about your beliefs is encouraged Usually you believe in things like speaking in tongues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because right, there's whole groups of churches that don't have any belief in that. Or if they do, it's completely different than what characters Or they'll have beliefs. like the really,
1: like when, when the worship songs come up, they'll have these really crazy um, moments where like everyone's screaming or everyone's that's running right. around the church. And yeah, like, okay, that's the church I grew up in. It was yes. very charismatic. Yeah, that's what it means. Or like everyone wants everyone to always be involved in everything. Like yeah. you're supposed to be participating in everything and be excited about it and be
0: wanting to be there. yeah. Yeah, that's how, I view charismatic churches is like the ones that have the people that are, well, crazy from the outside. Looks Uh, crazy. Yeah, it does look crazy. Yeah.
1: Right, okay, so like that was like the, the younger years. So like maybe between when I was first born and then all the way up to maybe grade, like middle of grade school for me. And it was around that time where the church moved from one location in the town to another location and a brand new facility. Like it was a couple million dollar facility that they had built. Very large building. I mean, it could seat uh, like a 10th of the town. (laughs) Right. So it was big. Uh, And it was around this time that the church started developing these missions to like, okay, we need to reach X amount of people in this area Mm -hmm. and and focus on that. And so then it was very like mission driven in the area. And then they would constantly change their mind and then so forth and so forth and so forth. And like, it it was really weird um, for for me because like, either you had to participate in what the church was doing or you were doing something wrong. Hmm. But then it was around this time in like the middle of high school that a bunch of shit, just like the church has spiraled ever since then. And maybe it's because it's the first time I paid attention and this was always happening. But from my perception, these are kind of like the events that unfolded to totally just like mess up everything. And I'm gonna give a caveat at the beginning. This is through the lens of how I saw everything. Right. So like not everything is going to be right. right. Some of the information I share is going to be hearsay. Mm -hmm. But I think we can still take away the fact that if any of this is true, like, and if I was able to take this from an environment, a church environment, like, my gosh, right? Like, this is just bad. So, when they moved into the new building, over the course of five years, there were many, 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 many people who had been a part of the church for a very long time. Contradict something that the leadership of the church was doing, there would be a bit of conflict, and then the people that were um, like bringing stuff up to the leadership would get air quotes booted out of the church. Hmm. Okay, excommunicated. Excommunicated in, in, in a sense, right? um And the way the leadership was set up at the church is that there was a main pastor, and and, and what they called an elder board that would support the main pastor. Yeah. But the main pastor had the final say in everything. So basically a dictatorship. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) And when this started happening, like this turnover, like I got everyone talking. They're like, you know, like, oh, what's wrong? But the way the church presented it, it was like they left because there was something wrong with them, either like on a spiritual level or like they were just bad people or um, they don't know how to get along with other people Mm. or it was just time to move on. Right. And I believe that up to a certain point. But then when about halfway through this process, this max exodus from the church, my, I had a really good friend in high school sure, and his family had a really big beef with the leadership of the church and like what was going on there. And then his family was ended up getting booted out. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so then now I had more information to act
0: on. Now
1: you're closer to the situation. Now I'm closer to the situation. Now you're like, wait a second. Yeah, exactly.
0: Maybe they can't, maybe they're not bad people because I thought they were bad people, but my friend's not a bad person. So what do I do? Right.
1: Right. And th- then the, that, that's the first time it realizes me like, oh my gosh, the leadership at this church is gaslighting everyone. Mm-hmm. And everyone believes it. Yeah. Power structures did. Power structures. Okay. There was so much turnover in this church. It was actually insane. Okay. Fast forward a couple of years. There is a program that this church did um, called Master's Commission, which was basically like a gap year program for some s- students coming out of high school and then um, they would go through this program at the church. They would pay the church like $5,000 to go through this program for a year. And then, um, you know, then you could go to college and do whatever else you wanted afterwards. Mm -hmm. Right. Initially I wasn't going to go. Um, but then I don't know why I ended up going through some weird events and like, that's another topic for another time. Like that totally (laughs) changed my direction in life. But anyway, I, I ended up going to this thing. Right. And um, this is where my cultish story begins and, like, the start of my realization to basically the the cult I grew up in. Right. So, this program was was structured around very hardcore discipline to learn a lot of hard skills to set you up in life. Okay. Okay. So, like uh, like, a day in the life of me during this program would look something like this. Okay. Monday through Friday, my schedule would be... 5 a.m to 11 p.m completely scheduled by the church okay okay so you would wake up at five that's a lot you would have to go exercise in the morning at 5 Mm a.m so you would spend like an hour exercising you would come back then you would have to do mandatory devotional time where you would read the bible do your prayers and you would have to log all of it so that they could check that you did it Mm -hmm. okay so i would you know, you get back and like they're expecting you to do this for an hour or two in the morning, right? So then you would do that. Okay, great. Then everyone gets ready in the morning. You like I'm doing this program with a bunch of other guys and right, girls like where did well. you live during this? It's, yeah, yeah. So the 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 church had a a house for the guys and a house for the girls of the program. Okay. The church like owned the house? No. The main pastor's son owned the house that we lived in, and the church paid the main pastor's son for us to live there. So a little bit of nepotism. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like major nepotism. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) Did you have to pay to go to this program? Yes. Oh, okay. How much did you have to pay? I I think I paid like four grand. For a year? For a year. But that covered like food that covered. Yeah. I mean, it was kind of like if you break down the cost, it was kind of a good deal. Yeah, sure. like like if you look at like just living costs. Okay. Yeah, it was, it
0: was totally fine. Anyway, so you're living in a house with guys that's owned by the church. Yes. And okay. So to do all these things we'd go through these procedures, like, and then we would yeah. go to the
1: church. Then from eight to twelve every day, we would take um, classes from either the pastors of the church or members of the church congregation who had a history in um, some type of theology or church education, or like they would just have a lot of knowledge and not actually have an education, but still teach us. Major sus on all of that, <laughs> right? And yep. of course all of them can only teach what the main pastor thinks is correct so our like your edu- the education you receive about theology theology and walking a christian life is taught through the lens of one person right? okay and this is the way you have to do it yeah right okay after the 12 then you would do your service for the church so like after the 12 what after the after 12 uh, okay. each day you would go from 12 to like 5 and you would do some type of service community service service at the church like prepping for Sundays, prepping for youth events, prepping for other church events. You would clean the church. You would do different upkeep services. Like you would go visit nursing homes in the community. You would go work at a food drive. Like very like volunteer kind of volunteer kind of driven, but like it was forced volunteer work, right? But it was like to help you like learn how to be like really committed and a hard worker. Mm-hmm. Then after that, then you would go home and then you would make your meals and then you would have to do your homework in the evening because they they wanted you to read two books a week and then you'd have to write a report which reading two books a week when they're like 200 300 plus pages is like no you just can't i can't do that when you're going that hard yeah also when you're gone all day when you're gone all day yeah um and then at night then, then sometimes you had a little bit moments at night but like most of the time like there'd be a church event that you were required to go to and work at it and host things for the church like yeah. every Wednesday night that was when the youth group for the church met so all like the k-12 through 12 basically met and had their little shindig or whatever you want to call it yeah okay that was my life for nine months mm-hmm. and my gosh the experiences I had in that program were so many but like this is kind of like what I remember and I, I think my brain has purposely repressed a lot of stuff that happened because yeah, it it's sounds just like it. so traumatic it sounds like it yeah Okay, so going into this, like I'm, a, I'm a pretty strong, I was a pretty strong-willed person back then, and, and still kind of am. Mm-hmm. Like I, I know what I believe in the current moment, and I'm willing for it to change, but I'm always willing for it to change. Yeah. So for I always want to discuss new ideas. Sure. Like I don't think anyone should ever really truly be set in one way to live. Mm-hmm. Right. Like keep exploring. Right. Which is like fundamentally like contradictory to religion. So it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. But like so like the first thing that ended up happening to me was like when you when you would go to these classes and then things would be taught to you, I would be like, yo, that's not right because of X, Y, and Z source, or like this contradicts this scripture. So like I don't know how you could say that. Um and then I was doing this so much. And then I would eventually go home and talk to all the guys I lived with and be like, yo, when this person said this, this doesn't make sense. Like, what do you guys think about this? And like, I was wanting to talk about it mm-hmm. to try and understand. And like, at the, at the time, I was like literally trying to better myself.
0: Right. But
1: like, And unfortunately, one of the members of that household was, is a son of the main pastor of the church. Sure. So when I would, when I would do this at the house and kind of like, stir up like these really crazy conversations about some theology topics or like just how Christianity should be practiced topics. Like I thought it was fun and engaging. But all this information reached back because the son of the main pastor told him that I was doing this. Mm-hmm. And so then one of the one day I got brought into his office and he literally sat me down. So he's like, I hear you like to do X, Y, and Z, everything I just said. He's like, I really like that you like to question it and understand and, and get deeper. But you can't do that with other members of the household. This is, this is the way he phrased it. He's like, some people have a hard time dissecting through information in a really logical manner. And by you presenting everyone with so many ideas, they might never grasp the concepts concepts I'm trying to teach them. So if you want to bring anything up or like you have anything, concerns or, or like are, are weirded out by something that someone says, you have to come to me and tell me, and then I'll help you walk through it. It's weird. Weird, right? And and, and the first time he did that to me, I was like, I said, okay, because I, I wanted to think about it. It was awkward. It was awkward. And then I just continued to do it because I'm like, that's yeah. just a major gaslighting. And then when I continued to do it, he brought me into his office for a second time. And I basically told him like, that, that's bullshit. Like, you can't, you can't do that. Like, this that, is not right. And he was like, he was, he was really close to kicking me out of the program. Anyway, we, we got through it. And like, I just did it more in secret or like I did it out of the eyes of the people who would let this person know. Sure. Sure. Right. So weird. Very controlling. Very controlling. And like the the framework that was set up was like, if you didn't follow along with exactly what they were saying, you were an imperfect human being. You, you were further away from being righteous. Sure. And it was this really comparative comparative environment and atmosphere. So, this, I mean, so many things happened. And then towards the end of the program, there were so many rules like you had to keep in the program. Like you couldn't access the Internet. You couldn't have um, phones. You couldn't work a job um You couldn't listen to secular music. Um, you things like this. Like, I had no access to the internet, and I, I couldn't do anything. But like, come watch movies.
0: No access to the outside culture. Yeah. No.
1: No. You, you like they shut you out completely. Yeah. And only the church. Only the church. Only this influence. Only. Only us. You went to
0: indoctrination boot camp. Mexico. That's
1: exactly what it is. That's pretty much exactly. But they don't say that. And well, of course not. You no, can't say that. No. And, but like, of course I would. I would break these rules. Or I started breaking them because I'm like, I just can't handle this anymore. Yeah. You signed a contract to not break the rules. And then suddenly they have the ability to boot you from the system. Like, I'm still of the mindset. Like, maybe if you sign a contract and agree to something, either be like, don't break the contract. How old were you? I was like 17. You can't sign a contract at 17. You don't know shit. Yeah, exactly. Like, you
0: don't. Yeah, you don't know anything. No. They just take advantage of you. Yeah. So it doesn't mean anything.
1: Okay. So like I kept breaking, breaking, breaking the rules, and it was it was so bad. Then at the very last second to last day of the program, um, it was kind of like the last wrap-up thing. And I, I still remember all of the people in the program that I had gone through life with for the last year, we went out to have a bonfire. Mm-hmm. And at this bonfire, okay, another rule of the program was that you can't, you couldn't date anyone right but of course like you put guys and girls together in a very high schoolish situation mm-hmm. you're gonna end up with couples yeah of course right every time every time and we went to this bonfire and everyone was like yeah we're not gonna like break any rules like or like we're gonna have like one last hurrah sure. that was kind of like the, the mentality but of course when we get there there's people that like they like they basically every every couple broke off and just walked away sure and then it was me and my other three good friends who hadn't dated at all i was like the one rule we kept right? yeah and what was annoying was that all year long um, these people had been allowed to kind of like semi-date mm-hmm. and break the rules while some rules had to be kept so like the four of us felt personally targeted sure We're like what the heck so the three of us were like fuck you all we're gonna go watch a movie in the theater yeah um so the three of us Three out of the four of us went and saw a movie. And ironically, someone from the church was also in the movie. (laughs) And that person in the church had, her wife had gone through master's commission a long time ago. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: when she found out that we had done that, she had known we broke the rules. This is how cultist the church was. Called up the pastor and told the pastor that we were at the theater. While you were at the theater still? Yes. That's crazy. Okay. Right. So then the program ends. We get out. Uh, And we have our freedoms back. Um, But but we were all still very involved in the church because, like, over the course of the year, of course, you get involved in X, Y, and Z ministries. Like, like I was involved on a lot of the worship teams because I either played drums or piano or whatever. Yeah. And a week after the program, we get called into the office. And he's like, the three of us, each independently get called into the office. My two good friends, um, (laughs) they got kicked off their duties temporarily from the church. Mm Mm-hmm. And then the the pastor was like, you need to think about what you're doing um, and I'm like, reconsider your life, churches, because this was an act of rebellion. And in so doing that, you're living in sin. So you need to take a break and then I can let you return to ministries at the church. Sure. And then he called me into the office and then he did this, had the same conversation, except for he permanently removed me because he called me the instigator of the challenge, like the instigator of the right. rebellion. Yeah. He's like, until you've shown me da, da 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 da, like I won't let you back on. And I was like, that's okay. Mhm. I've only walked into that church building like twice since then. I was done. I just stopped going to church.
0: Wait, you've been there more than twice. I've been there with you twice.
1: That's true. More than twice. Okay, a couple times. No, actually, every
0: time, honestly, I was surprised every time you would go back. I get
1: major anxiety, even seeing the building now, just yeah. major anxiety. Yeah,
0: I, I think the fact, no, I think is actually really interesting here is the fact that after all of that, until you, like, moved here, you still would go back. That's really interesting to me.
1: No, okay, like, while I was in college with you. Yes, maybe, yes. Maybe, maybe I went back. About. But yeah. even, like.
0: No, because you also went back even after college because there was a wedding there that you went to
1: sure but that was like a wedding and and a lot of the people still okay sure still dude, a wedding but I mean, it wasn't a church service no
0: after everything you just <laughs> described dude i'm actually still like and you still went back like that's crazy dude, to there's, me. Some,
1: there's like there's not even like i didn't even say everything i know you didn't like i have like i could like okay like and i don't want to say everything because like, yeah there's uh-huh. gonna be future times where we can talk about things and sure, like i'll bring ours. stuff up from the scenario but this is like a good springboard now to talk about stuff yeah with, right Okay, anyway, I want to close out the story of of the church with this before getting into the first thing I want to talk about. For sure. Last year, this church finally broke completely. Okay. The main pastor of the church had a big beef with one of the associate pastors of the church over some issues with kicking out. The main pastor wanted to kick out, from my understanding of the situation, kick out elders of the church that were disagreeing with him. Yeah, Because he wanted a board of people that only agreed with him so that he could make all the decisions for the church. Right, so he's been doing that for a long time. Of course, like why would you wanna do that? Yeah. Religion is about what you make it. Right. And there was a huge divisive something that happened. And then from my perception, what I've been hearing from multiple sources, the main pastor was in the wrong. But instead of owning up to the wrong, coincidentally, around the same time, the main pastor, and his wife got up on stage and was like, we feel called to go start a different church in a different town. So peace out, everyone. Yeah. And ended up bringing with a lot of the the young families from the church that he kind of still had under his. His claw. His claw, his, his, <laughs> his illusion influence. of like whatever. Right. Yeah. And like a whole bunch of them, like literally people that had good paying jobs and, you know, bought homes and had businesses in this town just got up quit their jobs, sold their homes, everything, moved away from family to go follow this one pastor to a different town an hour and a half away. That's insane. That's insanity. Like that's, that's mind control, that's, dude. That's literally mind control. Like th- this is how people the environment was. And of course now like they have their own church going and I'm sure the same thing is going to happen down the road to that church that had already happened because it just never stops. It never stops. But now the church I grew up in is supposedly doing better if you can even say that yeah, at least it's not under the influence of someone crazy manipulative. Well, just another maybe another but, crazy but just person. another person who's going to do it a different way yeah thank goodness since then a lot of the families young families that had moved away from this church to go follow this pastor um had since realized like holy shit we we really fucked up and they <laughs> left this church and went back and like re-amended with their families that had broken and then they're going back to that church now which is yeah, that just boggles my mind that's what i'm saying yeah um anyway like okay so, like this is a crazy environment crazy church environment i grew up in yeah
0: it is it's a bit it's a bit out there
1: yeah and it's like the like the way like it, i don't think it's that crazy because it's normal to me yeah well it is <laughs> but but it, it is crazy but then like my brain wants to say it's not though Right. Your brain wants to be like it's not though. My brain wants to be it's not though, or my brain wants to be, but there are crazier things out there. Oh sure. So how bad
0: is this? Right. You gotta justify your own situation. Yeah. Of course. And that's painful. While there
1: is I do realize there are more crazy cults to be a part of. Doesn't but it doesn't degrade the severity of what I wasn't. Yeah. No, you're the the
0: the control of it is still affecting your brain because it's that's what it's doing. Yeah. That thought of being like, well, there's crazier things is your brain. Still justifying because of what happened, basically. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, the first thing, like the first thing I want to talk about to set up some future things is ignorance. Okay. Ignorance on the part of people attending cults like this, ignorance of the leadership of not understanding a bigger picture, or ignorance in the fact of being like, I don't want to know that as a leader because I'm content with. Just pushing my own agenda, sure, or feigned ignorance and just flat out lying, yeah. But wanting to keep control, right? And I think I had written something down. I want to look at. Mm-hmm. But when it when it comes down to it, when it comes down to religion, people create beliefs, yeah, right. And then they try to find explanations for everything in life, sure. But what's the best explanation for something that's not known? I don't know, right? Well, and and and. <laughs> um and, and you you think about this for a while and you're like and i like to like we had talked about this lot yesterday for a little bit with a good friend of ours yeah but like maybe religion was originally created because humans needed for answers for things we didn't understand sure they had the inability like science has only existed for like science as we know it today sure has only existed for a couple hundred years couple hundred years as i so, practice it today yeah that's like true. W- what did we do before that like when when you didn't know something, you have to like you have to. M- m- your brain might want to rationalize or to understand, the story about or, it. Or, or or make a framework so that life isn't complicated to live in. Of course, and I feel like religion really fills that niche really well.
0: Hundred percent. Like I was saying yesterday, I think religion is a social tool because humans are tool builders. That's what, as a species, we build tools and we use them. That's what we do. And religion is not a physical tool; it's a social tool that is used to organize a society around a certain set of beliefs, and like you said, those beliefs are founded come from the, the whatever the pressures or the needs of that society is at the time of the founding, and then it you know it evolves from there, but it's it's um you know some things are happening to you because you're a human being that exists in a universe that's out of your control, so you create reasons for why it, it is that way, and then you you build from there and that they have now you have a religion, yeah, exactly, yeah,
1: um one of my favorite youtubers said call this call this a phenomenon god of the gaps
0: oh yeah that's a pretty, yeah. pretty well known yeah it's a good one god of the gaps when you don't know that's where god is god only exists when you don't know exactly as soon as you don't know something there, therefore god yeah sure i will say this is um very skewed towards western religions yes eastern was there i don't know enough but from what i do know there's some similarities but but Different, like the parts that I said about it being a social tool that's built to um, create a unification of a society around a set of, of beliefs, that is still true. But the ways that they manifest are different between Western. So, our frame of reference is when we say religion, uh, we're speaking about Western religion. Yeah, I think there's parallels, but we don't have enough experience to be able to talk about it. Sure, yeah, I yeah.
1: agree 100%. So, I, I say ignorance because of this. This church was Protestant, fundamentally, to be a Protestant, you have to believe in your own ability to interpret scripture, to live a full and satisfactory Christian life. Mm -hmm. But when you really get down to the nitty gritty, and if you're trying to set up your own non-denominational church, the Bible will not answer every question. Oh, no. No, (laughs) right? But people think it does, and they want it to. Of course they do. But it doesn't. So what ends up happening? It's not possible for it to it was yeah. written It's, way it's too written way long too long ago ago. and it's
0: been translated way
1: too many times. But but like people want this to happen. Of course, yeah. So then once that one ends up happening, this is where ignorance comes in and informs how churches like this should operate. And this ignorance, I think creates cults. Mm. Because when you try to explain away something that people have been calling for example in this case a lifetime of this church which had been about uh, 60 years at the time of my participation in this master's commission program yeah the god of the gap um, values of this church yeah were too established for me to want to break out of like the cult had been established right the ignorance had informed the beliefs of this church to the point that you couldn't contest them because they were founded by God. Right. When in all actuality, they were founded because people didn't understand how to pursue knowledge. People didn't want to take in the fact that we can know things now that we haven't been able to for a long time. And I grew up, I, I love science. I love math. I love finding answers. I love logic trains. I love all of that. Yeah. So when you're growing up in an environment and you're constantly questioning these stupid ideas, it because hurts. they are unfounded in anything you don't fit in no you get cast out right. which is what happened to me yeah great i found out i didn't belong there sure <laughs> you know at least that happened but it's traumatic yeah it takes a toll on your mental because
0: health. it wasn't necessary wasn't necessary you could have <laughs> just not been in that environment and it wouldn't have happened to you
1: <laughs> okay i'm about to turn 26 in a couple days yeah it's been eight years since i've gotten out of this yeah and I'm still traumatized.
0: Yeah, well, you're just now processing it in I, this way. Well, no,
1: I've been, pro- like, I processed it immediately after. And then I'm like, okay, I think if I just, like, do X, Y, and Z, like, it'll be fine. If I just don't interact with these people anymore. Oh, okay, sure. Right, if I just remove myself from the situation. Right. And then I was fine for a couple of years. And then you realize, as you, like, try to learn more about yourself, you're like, no, that fucked me up. Yeah. Like, this is the self-discovery process. And then, like, I self-discovered down to a point where I was satisfied with myself and being like, okay, I think I really understood what happened to me sure you know outfly these tidbits of religion in my life yeah this is obviously wrong because this happened to me
0: sure sure but this part maybe not and then
1: this part maybe not this part but then like this last couple months it's like i think like this isn't done like it's not resolved no i don't think so and to the point where i don't even know if i can unfuck myself like i think i have to go see someone <laughs> yeah to man, i'm not up- an actual therapist <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i know like and, and i think part of this conversation is going to help with that sure. right and i want to talk about some like some concepts with you yeah like talking about what is an authority structure like how does that even look what is that yeah, because, I mean, a lot of that
0: stuff is probably still broken like, in your brain. It's
1: so broken. Like, the way I grew... Like, like, authority in my life is, like, an authority figure you should never, ever, ever, ever question. Like, sure. That is that That concept is just ingrained in my brain. That's crazy. Like, you should always ask authority figures in your life for advice. You should always follow exactly what they give you. Like that oh, is yeah. so ingrained like it's so hard for me to break that because like that's how the church operated right
0: I, I mean like i've lived with you for a while now and like i see i see the remnants of that manifestation Dude, in the, what you do i, I can't how you act it's so it's, annoying it's insane and
1: i'm like it, to see it it's like at this point like i haven't taken care of the behavioral issues left from coming out of this right situation. Like, like the fragments maybe i'm like i've mentally agreed that i have I have come to terms with the situation. Sure. That's fair. Right. I, I have done that. Yeah. Like that's like the
0: first step of processing tra- trauma though. It's just right? that. Just right, accepting right, exactly. it. Exactly.
1: Which which gets you to a livable place with the trauma. Yeah. But then like realizing that you still have behavioral things that come from that and like being like that needs to go. Yeah. Like, yeah, and it needs to go now. <laughs> so like talking about like authority, talking about manipulation tactics and how manipulation works, talking about relationships in general and like how to deal with them and like what happens if you're going through someone with trauma yeah And uh, i want to talk about that in the context of kyle okay because we did that together yeah we did in the future <laughs> like, like imagine like getting out of that and then going to kyle oh like, <laughs> okay not, not kyle like, was a much more toned down version of that uh, yeah but, like it was still bad it was
0: insane though <sighs> like that was to that was the first real exposure like upfront and close exposure i had to that kind of church manipulation sure because mine wasn't like that
1: okay so for anyone who doesn't know Alpha is a a christian organization uh, based from the assemblies of god denomination on campuses across the u.s Yep, they specifically target ministering to college-aged kids um trying to basically get them saved and into the Christian religion.
0: Yeah, that's a nice way to put it. It's a nice, very nice way to put it. <laughs> yeah. I don't, we can go into like yeah. the deeper meanings later, but like that's yeah. like the overarching. Yeah. What's wild to me, and I guess that's, maybe this comes down to ignorance like you're talking about, mm-hmm. is the people in these positions, whether it's, because obviously I have the most experience with Kai Alpha, but like there's some parallels to your experience, yeah. which is worse, but yeah. the way in which the, the leaderships within these organizations will talk about what they're trying to do, and they'll just like say what it is what they want to do, and they'll think it's like a good thing, but it sounds insane. But like, yeah. th- so like, are they just, but I think they're serious, like they don't realize what they're saying is insane. Yeah. So it's like, is that ignorance? Or, or like, or do they, I mean, I- I've always wondered, like, do they realize that what they're saying is insane, and they're lying to themselves? But maybe some people, but I don't think most of them are that way. I think they I, actually believe what they're saying.
1: I think there's two cases. I think there's people like that where they just haven't put in the due diligence to understand the decisions they've made and how they've gone about making those decisions. Yeah. They're just pulling on usually subjective examples in their life and yeah. then like throwing God on it. And then like then the idea gets so blown out of proportion and then it just seems so ignorant. Yeah. But I do think there are people that aren't ignorant, but feign ignorance. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, like it, it, in, in my example, like with the pastor that did all this crazy stuff, Yeah, he would often say like on a Sunday morning or like if I had met with him for, during his master's commission program with all the other students, he would say something along the lines of like, I could tell someone to behave like this or act like this or do this, but that's not really going to help him. I have to say it like this because it's practical. And it's something that they can apply to their own life. And it's tangible for them to get it. But but what he would do to himself was he understood the ramifications of what he was saying. But he would be ignorant about the fact of like what he was actually doing. Or he did know what he was doing. And it's just a master at... It sounds like that. It sounds like manipulation that they, to yeah. the max. See, okay. But like this but yeah. is where my brain is fucked, right? Right, right. Because I can't like, know. I can't know. Yeah. He would constantly say i'm not trying to manipulate you which is usually a key sign now that i know it's usually a key sign that it is manipulative yeah um but because of that like he was able to feign ignorance really easily like it sounds like he knows what he's talking about and he's backed up his reasons for like not needing to look any further into the situation like that's the feigning ignorance yeah right that's a nope that's a
0: nope that's a nope dude that's a that's a manipulator right there for sure there's yeah that's 100% of that is. it is a narcissistic manipulator yeah yeah so you have you have you like experience you are like exhibiting the effects of like living with a narcissistic parent except for i mean i don't actually i don't know enough that's a different conversation i don't think that's the case that either your parents are narcissistic no yeah um yeah. from what i know about them i don't think they are but he is mm-hmm. and he was like a huge influence in your life for the entire time so yeah. you still have the tr- the trauma of Of having like a narcissistic parent, even though you didn't actually grow up in your physical house with a narcissistic parent. But even your parents were under the influence to a certain extent of this individual.
1: Dude, like I'm I'm so mad at him for doing this to me. Like I remember during the master's commission program, oftentimes he would want to get because he always assumed that you had emotional trauma because you were a teenager or you just came from high school. And so like there would be constant opportunities to share your emotional trauma with him, which is so bad. And so, like, oftentimes, like, you would have opportunities in your meetings with him to share your emotional trauma. And fresh out of high school, I had a lot of conflict with my dad growing up in my household. This guy's gross. Because, yeah, this is really sad. Because I, my dad and I are very different people. And at the time, neither of us really knew how to talk about our differences. Sure. And because of that, I left home a little frustrated with my dad yeah and it was an, one of the major emotional traumas so now imagine twice a week for four months you have an authority figure in your life telling you that you need to divulge your emotional trauma because you're going to become a better person and a better christian and it's what god would want you to do okay so then you would go into his office and you would share your emotional trauma <laughs> you're cringing so hard right? i'm squirming over here <laughs> You would, I would share this with him. Right. And then, you know, like you, you you would, I would say like, I'm I'm having these issues with my dad. Right. Or like, these are things like I'm dealing with. Mm -hmm. And like, I don't know what an actual psychologist or psychiatrist or a counselor would say. Yeah. But what he said to me was like, I understand because my dad did some very similar things to me. And according to his stories, his dad was abusive towards him. But like the next words were really detrimental. He was like, "It can be like that sometimes, but fortunately for you now, you have a better father figure in your life in this program." Holy shit! So he drove his stake even further into the divide, and basically was like, "Do you?" He would he would be like, "Do you see me?" And do you see how my kids love me? And then he was like, "I understand how to have relationships with my kids, and so if you follow the principles that I'm saying." Like, you can live a life like this in the future and have a family like I have right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> and, like, like that's not what you need to know when you're trying to resolve conflict with one no. of your parents. that's so... Dude, that... It's oh so God. fucked up.
0: Dude, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't... I'm, like, scared to even think about some other shit that, that might have been happening around this guy, dude.
1: I know. Like, <laughs> And, like, I don't even... The, what really scares me is, like, there was... Okay, I went to this program with eight other guys and... Five other girls, six other girls. One of them dropped out within the first two months, which she knew what was going on. Like, good for her. Yeah, seriously, Like, dude. Oh my God, dude. Applaud. Oh man, it fucking makes you wonder though. But like, it makes you wonder like how much shit went down with all these people. And then like, also imagine the pastor of this church now holding on to emotional trauma for knowing the emotional trauma of 13 families in the church. Oh, I do
0: is more manipulation for him, more power. It's, it's more, more power. Like, That's what he would ask it.
1: You get a certain sense and then you could phrase messages in a certain way.
0: To target oh, people in oh the Oh my gosh, this happened, this happened
1: to me once. Like, okay, so like he would also preach to the youth group. And like, of course. Of course he did. Yeah, like in, in Master's Commission, you were required to be like leaders in the youth group. And so then you would go and you have to sit through the services. But like there would be stories that he would drop about my personal life. And, but he would phrase like the context or the people, but like I knew the story was from what, something I had told him. It, it was too exact. And then he would use the story to portray a principle. Like like the whole story with my dad, like he would often say to the kids like, oh, if you're going through uh, this kind of strife with your family, like this is what happened to someone else. And like, do you want to be like that? And it's just like, Dude, you're just having normal problems with your dad. You're just having normal problems with your dad. Just chat with him. And if he doesn't know how to do that, then then you should be the one to be like, go see a counselor. Yeah. Who's trained to, to deal with these issues.
0: Yeah. Not some fake manipulator.
1: Yeah. There I feel bad for you like, for y- your dad yeah. and your, your parents. Too. I just feel bad for everyone in the and that grew up. Like yeah. I'm really happy that like after I left the church, so that best fr- the best friend I had in high school, yeah, and his family was like, Do you see now what we were talking about? Kind of a kind of a conversation. Yeah. In a very nice way. It wasn't disrespectful. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, holy shit, yeah. And like, now I'm like even further believe everything you just said, like about the situation. Yeah. What's weird is that they ended up starting their own church. Yeah. Which is like, I just, Bro, it creates it, the wrong problems. Deep, yeah.
0: Like that's the whole thing. It's so hard to, to shake. The, the, the tendrils of that kind of environment and of religion are so strong that even when it can like harm you so much, you still want to believe it so badly. So then you'll, you know, you'll go start your own church and then soon enough, the cycle will repeat itself. But it's like, that's to me, what's insane about, about religion is despite the amount of pain it will cause people, they will still stay in it. It's like, it's like the classic, like someone who's abused will stay with their abuser. Yeah. To me, when I see people who are, who've been seriously harmed by religion and then they go through this period of lots of pain and then they separate for a while, but then they go back or they go to another church or start a new church to me, I'm like, you lost, man. I feel bad. And I'm just like, you could have changed. You could have made a difference, but yeah. You got to a certain point and then for whatever reason you're like, "Nope, actually never mind. I'm going to I'm going to go do this thing. It's going to be better this time. It's going to be different this time." Sure. Will it? I don't know, but you're still propagating the cycle, so Yeah. I don't know, man. It's just tough. It's tough to see it. It's crazy. It's so powerful. It's so strong. Like how how influential it is. But yeah, dude. I mean, that's tough. Like the fact that you just literally wedged a gap further between you and your family and like your family like probably was like oh yeah like what do they say they like, want you to go to this program? well or, like when when, I when you started the commission they wanted me to
1: go because i was a very like in their eyes of rebellious child right so they
0: thought it was gonna be good for
1: you probably yeah. and i mean like i did i did change the person radically like there are traits that fell from me that i really like wanted to get rid of for a long time yeah but you could have done it a different way <laughs> i could have done it a different way like like that's like the the, the major bias like it happened to this program but it didn't have to happen in this program and I'm realizing that now. That's right. Um,
0: that's like when you try to justify bad things that happened to you, because you try to find the good in it, because that's what we do as people. Like, I know what you mean. Like, I've done that kind of thing too, where something bad happened, and then I find the good in it. Like, that's not necessarily a bad thing. That's actually one way you can deal with a bad event. So I'm not like discrediting that. My only statement is like, it could have happened another way. Sure. It doesn't have to be that situation that you learned that thing. You Could have learned it somewhere else. Yeah. Well, shoot, that's a whole lot. That's a lot of. That's a lot of preface there, sir.
1: A lot of preface. Yeah but I think I think it's a good foundation to like have some future conversations about.
0: Yeah, maybe like next couple episodes, we'll just see yeah, what happens. I'm thinking that. Like it'll just go where it goes. Talk about some things yeah. related to that. Like manipulation, obviously, what yeah. that's like.
1: I have some stories.
0: So Well, I mean, I've already shared some stories. <laughs> Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. Yeah.
1: But yeah, I, I think it sounds good. I think it's a good place to stop here. Sure.
0: Yeah. We can um yeah, let's we'll end it here for sure. Uh, well, this was a heavy one. Um, thanks for listening. Whilst we uh figure out what the heck happened. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
1: what the hell
0: happened? Yeah, we'll see you next time. Yeah. And you know, if you ever wanna like reach out to us, you can always find us on Twitter at Caleb Anderson and at Trevor Lee Sidell. Uh huh. So yeah. We'll chat next time, dude. Yeah. Just
1: some shit. It's some major shit. All right, peace. Peace.